Well, hello, everyone. Once again, we're back on Jimmy Knows, the podcast that features attorney James Glazer. This is David Yaz of the Boston Podcast Network. We're recording this here in our Westwood Mass studios. Always look forward to when you're in the studio, Jimmy. How are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing good, Dave. I always look forward to seeing you on, on these uh, podcast days. You playing any golf today or uh, doing, uh, doing work today? So Maybe Jimmy, a little both? J- Jimmy's going to try and sneak out around like 3 o'clock with <laughs> one of my partners, so it's really kind of quasi business. Yeah, we that's do, business. We do, we do our, our meeting on the course, play quick nine. <laughs> so as we will do, we have a guest welcoming us, someone from Jimmy's World, and terrific guest today. Jimmy, why don't you introduce him? So I got one of my partners. Um, he pretty much heads up a lot of our auto cases. Um, Abby Finishell from the law offices of Abbott Finishell. Super, super guy. Fortunate to have met him. Gosh, what do you think, Abby? It's been close to 30 years, maybe? 25, wow. 30 years? Where did the time go? <laughs> when, when, did you, when, did you buy the, when did you buy your house? What year? Oh, God, I can't even remember. But I, was it, I think it was my... Current house. Yeah. yeah, it's your current house. Had to be over 30, yeah. 30 years because my kids are a little bit over 30. So, yeah, Abby's got great kids and uh, they actually went to a great college, Washington University in St. Louis. Jimmy. Jimmy went and uh, <laughs> Jimmy, hopefully, hopefully. And Jimmy's oh, sister went too. Yeah, my sister went to law school and MBA school. I mean, you guys have heard it. You know, Robin, you know, in here, she's uh, mm-hmm. done well for herself. So, hopefully, my daughter will end up there. That's, the, that's hopefully in the cards. We'll see what happens. So, over the next few episodes. We're going to be getting to know Abby a little bit. And in this episode, we want to talk about the the origin story of how the dynamic duo of Jimmy and Abby was first formed. So what, Jimmy, what do you remember about the first time you met this young man? So as everyone knows, I was in the real estate and mortgage business and a lot of it was personal referrals. And Abby was referred by a real estate broker that, well, I, I forget who the broker room was at the time. Is that that Tamar or? Yeah, it was Tamar Brown. Or, or, or God, I can't remember. Her daughter was in. She was a Sharon woman. Yeah, her daughter was in the DA's office. Yeah, so I, I, I don't even. Remember. I don't remember. All I know is the best thing that happened is that me and Abby connected, and I remember him coming in the office, and he just he came in, and we started talking about the mortgage and everything like that. And I just remember Abby said, "I don't even want to really move. I love my house. We lived yeah. on, you know, Massabag Ave, a great little house in Sharon." And he said, "But my wife really wants to move and yeah. build this house." And he ended up built. He was building with. He built with Toll Brothers. Happy wife, happy, happy life. life. That's it. That's it. And that's one thing. One thing I have learned with Abby and I, and we've been buddies ever since. And once, once we started this, well, we'll, we'll get into it a little bit more. But uh, Abby's he's a huge influence on the reason that Jim Glazer Law and Jimmy Knows is here. You know, we we actually collaborated on a case at one point that actually kind of started the whole idea for this and to drag me out of the mortgage business and into the into the law space. So I I, I thank Abby a lot for that. But. He's a phenomenal lawyer. A credit to Abby is that we, I consider him my, for what I call VIP clients in, in, in our, at the firm. And he's had, he's had, I guess, the privilege of representing both my mother and my mother-in-law. Really? And, and they love him. Yeah, they they love were great, him. actually. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So he not only got tr- great results for them, but, you know, kept them very happy. So I appreciate that. And he's my, my go-to guy for, for auto, auto So cases. were you, Abby, were you a practicing lawyer back when you met Jim? I was. I had been in the Middlesex and then later the Norfolk DA's office as a prosecutor, and I went to work. A judge told me many years ago, oh, you're too talented or you're wasting your time here. You should be making money. And he hooked me <laughs> up with his, his former partner in Westwood, which had a pretty good-sized PI firm. I went to work there, and I was doing personal injury cases as a plaintiff's lawyer when I met Jimmy. 
So did, is it true you worked alongside one Susan Yaz at the Middlesex DA's office under uh, DA Harshbarger? I did, your mom. That's right. That's right. Yeah. What do you remember about those days? Oh, the, the, honestly, they were the best days um, as a lawyer, the best days I can I, remember because I tried cases day in and day out and knew a ton of people. It was a great social job, great contacts, and I, I just loved it. I loved being in court. But you don't make money there. You make money in private practice, and eventually, that's where I where I gravitated. Did you work under? Uh, I'm going to guess Delahunt in Norfolk County, or no? No, actually. Before that, I started in Middlesex, well, right? And then John you were Joni, and then Hoshbarger, right? And then you worked in Norfolk with Billy Keating. And I worked for Bill Keating, whose oh. his law partner was had been my supervisor in the Middlesex DA's office, and. They said, oh, why don't you come, you know, join our office? I said, I can't. I got kids, a mortgage, eventually college. I can't afford it. He says, no, you come on as a special prosecutor doing conflicts. It was great. So you also might have worked alongside my ex-wife, Ann Yaz. Do you know Ann? Yeah, actually. And she, I had some contact with her and she actually lived around in my neighborhood. I think she's moved since, but... Uh, she lives in Macintosh Farms now. Well, we're not married anymore, but it's her birthday today, so happy birthday, Annie. Yeah, right. happy, um, birthday, Annie. happy birthday, Annie. <laughs> you know what's yeah. funny? Everyone I know that worked at the DA's office and a lot of the side of their careers as young lawyers, I mean, they, they loved it. I mean, and I think a lot of it is you get to try cases, you get to, you get to just, you, you just get a lot of exposure at a young age. Unfortunately, a lot of them do have to leave, like Abby said, because the nature of the public, uh, the public space, you just can't make them. Unfortunately, it's like prosecutors, teachers, it just, you, yeah, all you know, the fun jobs, all, all, the fun, all the fun jobs. <laughs> What's the price tag? Teachers probably should be paid astronomical amounts of yeah. money. And it just, it just, it just doesn't work economically. But also the experience and how to, to handle yourself in a courtroom and Learning how to try cases is invaluable. You cannot learn that just by being in a civil practice. You have to be in the courtroom and, and you have to learn how to try cases. You also have to learn how to lose cases and not be afraid of it because if you don't know how to do that, you're just going to be too nervous. And it, 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 it was a great experience. Did you, did you ever think about going into criminal law? Or I, I had done when I first went into private practice. I handled criminal cases, but... I never got paid what my time was worth. I did them, I'd say, more for the sport of it. But after a while, it just reached the point where I, I, I had to focus on the personal injury cases. But then when I went to work for Keating as a special prosecutor, I was in private practice, but I handled conflicts when they had conflicting conflicts of interest on cases. For instance, if there was a police officer who committed a crime or if they had cases where they were already prosecuting the victim and now the victim, something happened to him, I'd prosecute the person who committed the criminal offense. So I did that. Again, it it didn't really pay, but I did it because I loved it. And that's, you yeah. know. One thing also I always respected about you, when you left uh, George Howard, you did it the right way. So many people and attorneys do it the wrong way, but, you know, that was one of, I remember that when you, because you would, you would kind of left and that's the reason we kind of connected up on the mortgage side because just the because you were just building a practice at the time. But I remember how you said to me, you go, I just, when I left, I just did it the right way, you know, and you kind well, of starved for a little bit, which, yeah. but, but that it's, it's, most people wouldn't do that. So I always, I always respected that with you and I knew you were an ethical, honest guy. Oh, thank you. I mean, I, I did not take cases from him that the clients were all calling and asking for me and, and they, they'd find me and I'd say, look, I can't, I can't take the case. I don't want 
someone to perceive that I, 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 I pilfered or robbed or took the clients. So I, so it was a little painful, but my kids were young, so I, uh, I was able to do it at the right time. But enough, you, enough about me. Well, the, yeah, well the, about this is supposed know, to be about it, you. It's supposed to be about you. But I have a question. I'm always interested to know who are the best criminal defense lawyers out there. So in the times that you tried cases, who were your most most worthy opponents? Any memories of that? I mean, I, I remember Al Hutton. He's, I think he's gone now, but he was an old timer. What about uh, Joe Bolero? Did you ever run into <laughs> come a good cross pass with Joe? Yeah, I did, but they, they, they were doing, at that time, I wasn't doing um, the, the huge cases. I right, was, right, I right. I was doing maybe vehicular homicides and, and down to the petty misdemeanors, but uh, how, how about How about Ethel Bailey? Did you ever run across him in a courtroom? No, I never did. Charlie Clifford? Yeah, I did run with Charlie. He was a good guy. Actually. Charlie's the best. He's I a mean, good, good yeah, lawyer. Yeah, yeah. He, he was he was up in where was he in Burlington? Uh, yeah, well, he lived in Burlington, but yeah. he was he, you know his office was in Charleston. I mean, we've talked about Charlie, and I think everyone knows I consider him a mentor and love the guy. He, he, he was a very good guy, colorful guy. I mean, Kevin Reddington is a, is a that's great, who I was going to ask great about. Lawyer. Kevin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I really liked him, and I had a very became very good friends with a guy named uh, Dick Sisson who passed away. And sure, he was. He was a really good guy, really good lawyer, and I became you become good friends with people if you if you're a gentleman and they are, and you try the case, you fight hard. It's like playing sports. If you played tennis or you, know, you competed against somebody, you grow you grow to mutually respect one yeah. another, and it's it's you how, build how was uh, memories. how was working for Billy Keating and you know a Sharon guy who's hey, caught, yeah, caught United States congressman now. I mean. I, I, Bill Keating, in my mind, is one of the best guys, too. He's just he's, a super guy, just a great guy. You talk about a pillar of the town of Sharon, yeah. too. He was a state rep for many yep. years. Yep. yep. I, I have to say, this is this is a very incestuous group sitting here. Yeah, I, I, I know. We all, yeah. we're all <laughs> from living Sharon. Well, lived in well, Sharon. Yeah, yeah, but, but, yeah. yeah, but you didn't grow up in Sharon. No, I'm from uh, Brooklyn and then Long Island originally, but I don't know if you could still hear the accent. But yeah, he, a little bit. Yeah, a, you mentioned uh, Dick Zisson. He he worked with Alan Oakstein, didn't he? Yeah. Yes. And, and Alan Oakstein was um, still friends with his, his son, Larry, who's a uh, clerk now, right? And so am I. Larry and I became friendly. Okay. Because when I did my 12 or 15 year stint as a special prosecutor, I I had a lot of cases with Dick and Dick was kind of his... This one was his mentor. Guys, so the yeah. circle gets, it's going to oh, yeah. close well, yeah. more because guess who Jimmy went to law school with? I mean, you know, Larry? Larry, yeah. yeah oh, we went really? To Larry, doing Larry's, law together. Larry's a real good guy. He's a great guy. Yeah. And I, so I had some cases with Larry. I knew him first from Dick yeah. and we became like really good friends. And uh, yeah, he's a clerk over, assistant clerk over in sure. Newton and yep. uh, great guy. He was a really good lawyer and... Uh, he, his wife's an attorney in the. I think uh, sure. Yeah, she's a DA, right? Yeah, she's, yeah, so. she's yeah. A, in yeah. the yeah. Norfolk DA's. Yeah, Norfolk DA's. But back to Billy uh, Keating. You know, Billy was sorry. A great so guy. my my <laughs> wife at the time, Anne, introduced Larry and Lisa. Really? That's wow. how they they met when wow. she she was a witness advocate, and he was a lawyer, and uh, the rest is history. She reminds everybody of that that she started that relationship. Anyway. <laughs> <Go ahead. laughs> So, so anyway, Billy Keating, what I, I say I like the best about, I admire the most about Billy was when there were cases where some family members a couple times had some incidents, some cases, actually Dick Sisson was a defense attorney in one of the cases. So they, they, they assigned the case to me because it would be a conflict of interest. The public would look at it saying, oh, this isn't right. 
Keating's office is prosecuting a family member. There's going to be a fix. It was not. Pete Keating would assign these cases to me as a special prosecutor. I would prosecute them, try them, and he would never, ever, ever try to influence me or the outcome with respect to those cases. He was really above board. Yeah, he's very, a, he's, very a, he's a straight shooter. Yeah, straight shooter. I mean, I know a lot of his platform right now is to try and kind of free the cape of the opioid crisis that's going on down there. The last one I've seen Billy over the last few years, I know that's he's passionate about that project, and it's just it's just amazing. A guy that grew up on uh, you know Pond Street, which is yeah. where one of, where where my office is in Sharon is a U.S. congressman. It's a it's his a brother was him. a Sharon cop. Wasn't yeah, and yeah, I think yeah, I, yeah. And on I, Pond, I, he lived on yeah, Pond yeah, Street. Yeah, he lived yeah. on Pond Street, and and I think Billy, you know, I think he worked at the post office while he's going through law school. I mean, he's just, it just, it's just a real feel good story and, um, just a great guy. And, and, uh, and I probably know some of the family members you're probably talking about that. Yeah. We can't say anything, but, but his, his law partner, Joel Fishman, they were best friends growing up. And Joel was my supervisor in the, in the Middlesex DA's office. I'll, I'll tell you a funny story. Maybe I'm digressing, but I was wanted to work for the DA's office and in my senior year of law school, my father-in-law had contacts and got me a job in the appellate division of Newman Flanagan's office. And I worked there during law school, doing criminal appeals. And when I graduated, they offered me a job, but it was a salary, I think it was $6,800. <laughs> I had student wow, loans. Wow, let the good times roll. Yeah. I, I was engaged. I was hot. Hopefully, hopefully you were deferred on the student loans for a little while. Well, no, but <laughs> what happened, I couldn't afford it. So heartbreaking, but I, uh, I took a job with a Boston firm, which I worked for, for a year. And I really did not, it wasn't what I, my heart wasn't there. It was in the DA's office. So one day I was in Middlesex and I just threw my resume on the, uh, on the, at the counter at the DA's office, I got back to the office. And John Droney's secretary called me and they said, come on down tomorrow. We want to talk to you. And then I went down and they hired me and they said, oh, your hero, your, your, your boss, you'll go up to Lowell. And I'm like, where the heck is Lowell? <laughs> he said, you go up to Lowell and see your supervisor, Mr. Fishman. I'm thinking, oh, great. Mr. Fishman. I'm thinking like Perry Mason. Or yeah, yeah, exactly. Anyway, I go up to Lowell and after a couple of weeks, given my notice and uh, go up there and courthouse on Heard Street in Lowell. It's the old courthouse. They have a new one now. It's decrepit. I mean, so I go up there and I go out and I ask the court officer, this guy, Ricky Bevelock, I said, where is um, Mr. Fishman? They say, oh, Mr. Fishman, he's upstairs. So I'm thinking, oh, great. This is going to be my hero, my boss, mm. Mr. Fishman. He'll teach me everything. I go up there and I look in this room and there's it looked like army issued desk, green de metal desk there. Yeah. There was a, there was a calendar on the wall that was like ripped and the scotch tape, it was, it was like, it was like half falling off the wall. Mm. And there's this little bald guy sitting behind the desk and I'm saying, please don't be Mr. Fishman. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Fishman. And he says, Mr. Fenichel, he said, uh, come right in. I'm Mr. Fishman. So anyway. He turned out to be a great guy, a I, great I, boss. I've, I've had dealings with, with, with Joel. And, he was a great and, lawyer. And Abby couldn't have described him any better. He's a very mild-mannered guy. I mean, even temperament, the couple of deals that I've done with him on the real estate side over the years, he's just always been a gentleman and, and a, a great and guy a to work with. Bright guy, like yeah. really bright guy. So then anyway, 
with this story comes when I went into private practice three years later, Joel had left the DA's office, went into private practice with Billy Keating. And I went to work for this plaintiff tort firm, boutique firm in Westwood. And Joel asked me to, if they could refer their personal injury cases to me. And I said, of course. So I did all their you know, plaintiff's work over, over the years. I think Bill Keating did work as comp work and Joel did other civil things. Yeah, a lot of real estate too. Yeah. And then when Keating became the, the DA, he asked me if I wanted to join the staff and I, I, I would have loved to, but at that point I was, I was doing pretty well and you still have a mortgage from the house that you and my wife made me. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> my kids were, I forget how old they were, but yeah. So I, 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 he said, oh no, no, you don't, you don't have to, you don't have to join full-time. You could keep your practice. You just do the conflicts. And I said, all right, I thought I was doing it for free. He says, oh, we'll give you a little salary. And I thought that was great. And then he said, oh, and we also get your health insurance, which was huge. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. No, that that couldn't have worked out better. We're going to continue talking with Abby in upcoming episodes. But for now, we'll say goodbye. And Jimmy, remind everyone where they can get in touch with you and learn more about your law practice. You can call us anytime at 1-800-868-1000 with 24-7-365. You can reach out to us at jimmynotes.com. I've talked, I've said it all the time. You call us, you can't get to us, we're going to get to you. So reach out anytime. Thank you for listening to Jimmy Knows. We will see you next week. Enjoy the day, everybody.